Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello! I'm Rob Black talking all things money. Big seminar coming up tomorrow night in Burlingame. I'll talk more about that later. Hopefully I meet you um, it's my last appearance this year, and I'm gonna I'm somewhere down to the last year, to ten years of doing this. So I'm not gonna be doing it forever. I'm not quite sure what I'm gonna do when I retire, but I don't want to work till the day I die. My dad did that and found that unattractive. Speaking of unattractive, I don't understand Kim Kardashian, Miss West. Uh, but I do pay a lot of attention to her because I, I don't underestimate that I don't understand. I, I actually try to embrace it. A friend of mine uh, a couple years ago, pretty young woman, uh, career person, uh, she well, it wasn't a friend. She dropped me an email on the show, and she basically talked about you know her fiancé has been engaged to her for seven or eight years, and I was like, that's kind of weird. That's a long engagement, but I get it. Okay, maybe whatever. Um, and she goes, so I paid off all my student debt, then I paid off all his student debt, and now I feel like I shouldn't have done that. I agree. you got to have a good relationship with money, and then you have to be able to talk with your partner about money. One of the things about long-term one of the things about your parents is you need to talk to your spouse about your parents' financial needs. You need to talk to your siblings about your parents' financial needs. But first, you got to talk to your parents about their financial needs. See, it all gets kind of tricky if you don't kind of start pulling it all back together. So Kim Kardashian is fascinating to me. Even though I don't like her, a lot of people do. My friend who paid off her boyfriend's college debts, and ultimately they didn't get married, which is the funny part about it, and I'm pretty sure he never paid her back. Uh, she said that a lot of what he did was he stayed at home. He, he worked, but he spent all of his money. He never saved, and that was bothering her because she wanted to have a baby at some point. And um, I, I think the story here is that he watched the Kardashians, and I'm like, I don't know one human being that watches the Kardashians, but yet millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people follow the Kardashians, and that's super powerful. And let me tie this together for you with Nike decided they're going to pull their shoes. They're going to stop selling their shoes to Amazon because they don't really – I don't know what the point is, but – Ultimately, they must not like Amazon's customers. There's something that's not quite working right for them. Um, and I, So Nike wants to manage their own brand. So Alibaba kicked off Singles Day this year with a live stream broadcast of Kim Kardashian West and a, li- a Chinese live streamer named Via Huang to promote Kim Kardashian West's new fragrance. Uh, to the Chinese consumers. Overall, the number of merchants who incorporated live streaming into their Singles Day campaign was up 200% compared to last year. 
that's a pretty big number, and you could bet America is going to copy that. Most e-commerce transactions in China take place on just a few platforms owned by Alibaba or its main competitor, JD.com. I think that both are interesting investments. If you're patient and you have the time for China to play out for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, knowing that there should be hiccups along the way. But the live streaming, the live streamed shopping, I think is the right way of saying that, in China may offer some clues ultimately on how the U.S. will take advantage of it. Uh, you're seeing TikTok, a very popular app, really take off with uh, young kids. And Zuckerberg looked to buy the predecessor to TikTok, and now he's getting in front of Congress and saying TikTok's dangerous to d- democracy. But he would like to own it. <laughs> Live streaming is quickly gaining momentum in retail. I throw that out there because it's not something most people would understand the concept of. Like if I get my mom a, a weighted blanket for Christmas, there's a company that makes weighted blankets, and I am a sucker. I am a sucker. I don't know if there's any science. I don't know if there's anything behind it. But if I can get five more minutes of sleep because a blanket's heavy, I'll do it. Sleep is like the one kicker important thing to me, right? So I, I can sit there and tell my mom, like, yeah, mom, I watched a, a live streamer sh- you know, use this blanket. He says, mom, it'll get you uh, an extra 20 minutes of sleep a night. It's like falling to bed with someone hugging you. And you know, you, you're going to see this. It's going to happen in your world because it's already happening in other worlds and it's working, whether it's Kim Kardashian. Um, you can look at video gamers. You know, it's offensive when you look at some of these YouTube influencers and you're like, how did he do that? How does he make millions? And it's interesting because uh, like the Jake Paul fight this weekend, I know you're saying Jake Paul. Are you talking about Mike Tyson or some Evander Holyfield's kid or something like Rocky's kid? No. YouTubers who aren't particularly fighters, sometimes in order to promote their business, will pick a fight with another YouTuber and literally go into a boxing ring in London and sell out 20,000 tickets and put it online and sell it to hundreds of thousands of their YouTube followers. And, and kind of milk the system. So we're not live streaming a bad boxing match is almost more popular than live streaming a real boxing match, a heavyweight fight. It's not it's not as big scale as, you know, the, the top Floyd Mayweathers. But it's pretty pretty up there. They're pulling good numbers. 800 516 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. I never really want to discourage you. I always want to keep you positive. Yesterday, we were at all-time highs. Today, not so much. Today, we're getting a little bit more, I, I don't want to say pushback, but we're getting a little bit more s- s- sobriety out of the markets. Um, October is coming past, and we're in November, and we're hitting record highs. And it, it's pretty consistent at this point in time. So to get a day where we drift lower... I'm cool with that. If we were to get six months where we drift sideways, I'm cool with that. I know you're saying you got to go under rapid rom. I'm cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Um, 401k max out. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no chance. Um, Boeing announced yesterday that they're getting their act together and it's all coming to an end. Uh, that their problems should be behind them by January. Stock responded positively. 
it stank because I was in a position yesterday where I didn't have uh, access to investing. And I saw the headline, Boeing. I was like, no, don't tell me. And sure enough, it got a nice pop. Boeing is reported on its website that 2019 gross orders were up 180 through October 31 and down 95 net orders through October 31. So they're giving updates on it now on where they stand. You saw a very strong strength in Boeing. Company expects to see their 737 MAX resume commercial service in January, but deliveries could resume in December. They're close. You know what I always said, as soon as they make that announcement and it's breaking news, January it is, now they have to live up to it. But the good news is coming because the bad news is stopping. And it took a whole year plus. And if you bought in January thinking like, man, this could be a big winner this year as soon as they fix this thing, it didn't work out like that. But you were right, but your timing was bad. My timing always sucks. I'm always the first to say I love you in a relationship. And I always, I, I always want to say something like, I love pasta. And it always comes out with I love you. And it's like, oh, no, reel it back in. Timing. Big seminar tomorrow night, Thursday in Burlingame. Learn more at Rob Black's show. I want to see you. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Things are evolving at a fast pace in the world of technology as we talk about. Google's getting a federal inquiry triggered, ultimately because they're collecting health data. On the same day we learn that, we also learn that they're going to start offering checking account. And I just got to scratch my head and say, this has got to make someone like CFP Chad Burton go crazy. He's going to be in uh, town doing the seminar Thursday evening, 630 to 830 on income and retirement wealth preservation. Mr. Burton, um, thebalance.com just wrote an article that you want to chat a little bit about. What do we need to know about thebalance.com first and foremost on retirement? Oh, they, you know, they just write some pretty decent articles and things like that to check out. Um, and I just caught my eye this morning. It was just, you know, several questions that people tend to ask as they go into retirement. So a lot of people get to that 10-year mark, right? Oh, I think I can retire in 10 years. What do I do about it? And these are some of the common questions that people tend to ask. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of what – I know when do I take Social Security will be on the list, but I'm trying to think of the questions. But um, I will let you go over some of them with me because I, I feel like I'm going to miss them if I do it, and I don't want to go on record as not knowing. Oh, will I run I, out of money? Actually, <laughs> right. No, that's the, the, you got the top two, right, dead in a row. Oh. So the first one is when should I begin taking Social Security? And this one concerns me a little bit because that tells me that if that's the top of the list, that means that too many people are depending on it for a main part of their income and retirement, and that scares me a little bit. Now, obviously, that's not going to work out very well in the Bay Area where it's very expensive to live. But unfortunately, in a lot of the country, that's what people talk about. And there's so many tricks of the trade that have been taken away from us in terms of Social Security planning. And, the, for example, the last trick that you can do, and it's not really a trick, it's just something that, you know, you don't, unless you do a little research, you don't know about. You would, both you and your spouse would have had to have been 62 by the end of 2015, and then you can do this thing where you play off one another's benefits called a restricted application. 
And so I'm talking to now a very small part of the listening population right now, right? That both yeah. would have been 62. Both would have been earning income and earning Social Security benefits through their lifetime. And then they can kind of play off each other's benefits. And one spouse can take a spousal benefit and switch back to their own at age 70. So really, for most people now, Rob, it's how do you wait until 70 to take it? Because it's such an increase in monthly amounts till 70. If you think you're going to live past age 85 and and you, you know, you're know you concerned about longevity, you're concerned about where your money is earning interest because it's not much at the bank these days, then it's, can do you have the ability to wait till age 70? Do you have other assets to live off of? Um, and if so, do you think you'll live past age 85? And that's kind of, you, it's some careful planning that you got to do. So with the Social Security, we can't fake our age and just write it in a different age, right? And tell the Social Security I was born in 63, not 68. No, they're pretty good at knowing your age. <laughs> just, uh, I'm trying to pull an evil Rob Black on you. Um, yeah, so the question's uh, Social Security. How long will your money last? What other ones should we hit? Yeah, the, the how long will your money last? We, we tend to get kind of two questions when people come in is something happened that forced them into retirement, right? Okay. Maybe, a, a, you know, say you're HP and you yep. get an early retirement offer. And you kind of know you got to take it because something's going to happen. Your your job's probably going to go away anyway. And so they come in and say, okay, this is how much I have now. How much of it can I safely spend? And then they work backwards into a budget and see if if that's really, you know, is it viable? Is it going to be something that they can live with for the next 30-plus years? If not, then they need to go back to work and continue to save. Um, so that's one is how much can I spend? And if that's not... A proper amount, then they try to go back to work. The okay. other one is, you know, how much can I withdraw on an annual basis? Um, it, I think, Rob, more people than not come in without a budget, without an idea or a list of their expenses. Um, and maybe mine's, part of it is pretty rough. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. how, about, how about yours? I think you have a budget no, I mean, buster once or twice a year. Yeah, it's it's more like quarterly. I kind of go back and and look at it, right? Okay. But it. as you get closer into retirement, you really got to drill down on it because there's certain things like property taxes that come once or twice a year, and and different things that kind of ebb and flow throughout the year. So you got to take a, a a longer look at it and say, okay, this is this is my expenses. This is how much I'm going to pay in taxes when I take money out of my retirement accounts, and um, you know what percentage of that is in my overall portfolio. And it used to be pretty safe to say, well, as long as that's 4%, you know, you'd be okay in retirement. But that was when interest rates on bonds and was, you know, 4 to 6% versus 2% to 3%, right? And so now if that number at 65 is over like 3.5%, you're starting to get into some of the danger zone areas there. And ex- medical expenses have, have gone up a bit. Now, it's been a little bit less because we used to use 5 or 6%. The last couple of years, it's been like sub-4. So that's some good news. Uh, but it's really a matter of doing some careful planning and being able to look at something that projects your portfolio, your income, your taxes, and out over a long period of time uh, to, to be able to answer some of these questions. All good stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit more. What, what questions should people be asking if a basic list from the balance.com doesn't quite get it right? How would you refine that a little bit? Yeah, well, a couple of 
more that um, are on the, the main list that they have before I get into the other questions that people should be asking. You got about is, two minutes. Should I buy an annuity? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And most ninety percent of those are Which bad. One? So you, you don't ever buy one for uh, from a commission based person. You take uh-huh. the advice from a fee only certified financial planner. Uh, should I take my pension as a lump sum because most of them, people are getting these offers from their pensions to be able to roll it out? So those are big ones that you have to really run present value formulas and, and look at your life expectancy. But people should also be asking, and they don't. How much money? Should I convert from my IRA to a Roth each year? They just don't know that that's so important. How much safe money do I need? And what's going to make me happy in retirement? What is your life plan? You get into that cheesy life coaching scene where you really have to have a plan to get you out of bed. And what's going to make you feel fulfilled or retirement's not going to be that great. It's interesting because I think I want to be a dog whisperer, a dog trainer. And I've sat on that for about six, seven months now. And the more I think about it, the less I want to do it. So I don't really know anymore, Chad. <laughs> I'm going to be lonely in retirement. With that, What said, did you I, want to be in high school? When you were younger, what did you say you wanted to be? Oh, that's a good... Probably, maybe maybe an Italian chef. Maybe I'll go into like the chefery. Is that a word? <laughs> An Italian chef. I like it. Okay. Uh, we've got less than a minute. Do you want to plug the seminar or do you want more questions? Um, it would, you know, plugging the seminar is a good idea because it, it, we actually go over almost every single one of these questions. Um, this is the last live event for the year. It's very technical. It's, it's really specific examples on how to pull money out of various types of accounts in retirement to keep your taxes low because that's a huge fee in retirement. And with interest rates so low on fixed income and, and CDs, you've got to do everything you can to, to keep those costs down. Looking forward to hanging out with you tomorrow, Mr. Burton. Always a good presentation, Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar, Thursday, November 14, 6.30 to 8.30, Doubletree Hotel. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. Go to newfocusfinancial.com and use the code RADIO25 to sign up today. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Stocks have slipped today on concerns about trade war. Phase one not quite being delivered and signed yet. Where is it? maybe potentially higher interest rates. The Fed has come out and said, we're kind of on hold. And I got to imagine the market's taking a look over its shoulder every now and then and looking at CNBC and looking at CNN and watching a little bit of the impeachment thing going on and see if there's a bleed over. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com for a special Wednesday appearance. Mr. O'Hare, how are you? Hey, good morning, Rob. It's nice to be back with you. So I kind of stole your page one. Uh, phase one, not quite done. China is still playing with uh, setting the terms, uh, potential higher interest rates. Still driving the market, still in our minds. Uh, I'll let you take it from here. Well, that's right. I mean, that's the latest report out of the Wall Street Journal that maybe, you know, uh, that the U.S. and China have sort of hit an impasse as it relates to uh, this plank of um, rolling back tariffs and phases. And, um, you know, China wants all of them rolled back reportedly, and uh, the U.S. apparently is uh, taking a position where, uh, where it be open to canceling the December 15th tariff that was 
uh, you know, plan to be implemented, but uh, but isn't so open to the idea of rolling back all of the prior tariffs, only because those tariffs allow them allow the U.S. to maintain some leverage to ensure China's compliance with any agreement that comes out of this. So, um, you know, we've been down this road before. Obviously, um, a lot of uh, negotiations have been a lot of hype around the idea of you know reaching a, a, a deal, and then you know, lo and behold, things kind of unravel at the end to uh, to water down. Uh, that hope. So I think, though, in general, when you look at how the market has reacted to this uh, seemingly negative-sounding headline, uh, you have to conclude, really, that the market still does believe that there will be a deal of some note uh, brokered before the election, anyway. Uh, so the market's not getting too caught up in in the latest headline or the possibility of um, you know of this phase one deal not coming to fruition, you know, right away. Uh, and it will cross that bridge when it actually hears that. Uh, but for the time being, it's kind of hanging in there pretty good, um, you know, knowing that it continues to get the benefit of you know, very low interest rates and a, you know, and an accommodated Federal Reserve that sounds like uh, while it won't be cutting rates anytime soon, it's not going to be raising rates anytime soon either. Am I wrong to say that we should be paying a little bit of attention to the impeachment or is it too soon? Will it, do you think it bleeds into the market? Or you don't know? I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm, I, something about yeah, impeachment's in my head. Well, I think it, it only becomes a real issue for the market when um, uh, you know when the Senate is seen as potentially flipping to uh, uh, to um, side with you know House Democrats, and uh, that seems to be a very very unlikely possibility based on what is known at this point. And that's why the market has really just traded up and through all the impeachment uh, talk and hearings that are taking place right now because. Uh, you know, it is sort of adopting that mindset that while the House might go ahead and move forward with impeachment, um, you know, the GOP-led Senate isn't giving any indication that it's going to go go ahead and, and follow suit. And so um, it's obviously a great political theater. Um, you cannot not, you know, uh, pay attention to it. But ultimately, the market is calling the shots here, and what it's saying is that this is not a big issue because uh, it's not going to lead to any um, uh, removal of office. And, uh, and so that's just one, one component that uh, is factoring into uh, the market's ability to uh, you know, keep running to record highs here, uh, falling back on this notion again that it has the support of the Federal Reserve here with very low uh, interest rates. Has been good that cheap money. Uh, just saying, I, I would notice if it went away because uh, it's tied to, towards mortgages and it's tied towards other things other than just business headlines and economic news. Um, how about inflation? I, I saw an inflationary report came out, and I'll be honest, it started to slip. Like I don't want to talk about it. It's not as easy to talk about to radio listeners as say an impeachment or China trade war. Right, you know, because in, inflation is one of those things where, um, where the you know the consumer price index, you know, might say at an aggregate level there's not a lot of inflation, you know, but for anyone who's you know dealing with you know medical expenses or 
you know, or housing costs and, and you know things like that uh, would would beg to differ. Um, so, so it can boil down to a very individualized situation in terms of just how impactful inflation rates are these days. But you know, the market um, again knows that the Fed is is looking at things in aggregate, and uh, the consumer price index this morning uh, showed that prices were up. You know, somewhat in in October, and that you're starting to see a firming of those uh, inflation rates. Uh, core CPI, which excludes food and energy costs, uh, was up um, you know 2.3 percent year over year, but that, you know, that was down from 2.4 percent year over year in September. So, um, so it's not getting away from things, uh, and the, the uh, total CPI. Uh, was up, I believe, only you know 1.7% or 1.8%. So, so again, it's kind of falling in below that 2% target. Um, but something to point out to listeners here is that the Federal Reserve doesn't key off the consumer price index. Uh, it, can, it keys off the PCE price index uh, as it relates to its inflation targeting and uh, the PCE price index, which allows for uh, what's called the substitution effect. So if you know, prices of, say, beef go higher, uh, it allows for this adjustment that you know, more consumers might be inclined to purchase less expensive pork products or something of that nature. And so um, that's what the Fed really keys off of. And, and those inflation rates continue to run below that 2% target. And we heard Fed Chair Powell say recently, of course, that uh, the Fed is not inclined to raise interest rates until it sees the inflation rate run above 2% on a persistent basis. So while the CPI data this morning uh, looked a little bit uh, eye-opening in terms of the inflation rate, uh, it, it, you know, the market kind of still looked through it. And actually, you look at the Treasury market as your guide there, uh, you know, long-end securities, the 10-year note actually improved following the release of that data point. So it, too, is not uh, looking too unduly concerned about inflation pressures getting away from us right now. So corporate earnings season, Mr. O'Hare at briefing.com, corporate earnings season seems to be wrapping up. Now we're moving into the holiday shopping season where a lot of business stories are tied towards the confidence of consumers and how much we're spending, if it's more, if it's less. Uh, There's a little bit with the colder weather, and maybe that slows down our economy. But what are you looking at right now for the last couple months of the year and that jump into the 2020, so to speak? Any big stories driving in your head? Yeah, I mean, you know, specifically, you know, this holiday selling season should be a pretty good one, all things considered. I mean, you still have low unemployment, and uh, and I think the retailers have got to be loving this really cold weather weather that's sitting in a good part of the country right now because it helps them, you know, move that that winter merchandise and that seasonal merchandise perhaps a little bit earlier than even they were thinking they could move it. So, so that's a good thing. But, you know, I think ultimately that the you know the stock market. Probably set up for a good year end, assuming you know. And we talked about this, I think, the previous week, Rob. You know, assuming these trade issues don't turn into the Grinch who stole Christmas. And I would add on top of that that um, the developments in Hong Kong are starting to certainly um, you know step up a notch or two, which you know raises the, the specter of potentially you know China moving in to squelch those those protests, which which would create a whole new element of uncertainty for the market. So I think those are two risk factors here on the very you know near term horizon that could kind of spoil a year end rally effort. But but absent those developments, I think you have a market that's uh, obviously in good shape, um, uh, good fundamental underpinning for the most part with low interest rates, you know moderate 
moderate inflation and an expectation that you're going to see a pickup in earnings growth next year. And then, of course, you have a lot of uh, underperforming money managers who you know might uh, be compelled to, to chase this market uh, in a bid to catch up into year end. It's interesting you brought up Hong Kong because I'm not paying a lot of attention to it because China's kind of squashing what information is coming out about it. So I don't feel I got a good pulse on that. But you brought up something really, and it makes me smile and giggle about the work we do. Um, how does China handle Hong Kong if it gets crazy, like with a tank and someone gets run over? That'll shut down the world economy pretty fast. Um, so we do have to pay attention to it. But I think China probably learned a lesson from Tiananmen Square all things considered that the world was watching. So, I don't know. Makes me makes me shake my head a little bit. Anything else that you're working on that we should chat about? Um, you know, nothing in particular. Maybe looking at uh, kind of wrapping up the whole earnings reporting period here uh, for the third quarter. Um, you know, came in better than expected, as it always does. And sort of maybe taking stock of that for the big picture column perhaps this week and, and sort of uh, using it as a bridge to kind of this idea that the market uh, is, is banking on low interest rates from the Fed, um, allowing some time to get to that period where you get better earnings growth in 2020 that continues to help support this bull market. So, might be uh, inclined to look at that here in the week ahead. Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. Always good content, insights in the market. Hopefully, I didn't monopolize his time too much time there with you know asking my questions. But Briefing is a great source of information, both domestically and internationally. Um, they draw from sources like Bloomberg, the New York Times, research reports that are influencing the day. Um, they've really built some really nice uh, angles into their business model, it, reporting on uh, conferences, for instance. Uh, I'm looking at a briefing right now, and there's a J.P. Morgan Luxury and Brands conference. That wouldn't be a bad conference to go to, right? You know the swag you get when you go to a conference? If you're going to a Luxury and Brands conference, you better have a good swag bag there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Big seminar coming up Thursday in Burlingame. That's tomorrow night. I hope to see you there. I'm going to make the trek to Burlingame and uh, talk a little bit about wealth preservation, income, and retirement, and much, much more. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Thanks for listening to the show. I do appreciate it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I think we're trying to get you to retirement. That's the name of the game on this show. I don't want you to be in a bad situation. I know that sounds a little bit odd, but... Uh, since I don't know you, I just don't want you to be 55, 60 and saying, oh my, how did I get here? It happens though, and I get it. I get questions from people who are 45 and they're angry at me. I talk about retirement a lot. I get people who are 50 and they regret not starting sooner. I get people that are 55 and have nothing that drop me emails. Every now and then I take uh, time off from this. When I do, I don't look at emails for a long time because they're depressing. If I were 55 and I had nothing saved, first thing, first, you got to start with your budget. And then you have to look around in your budget and go, hmm, if my budget for lunch turned out last month that it was $20 because I was eating out at restaurants, 
twenty dollars a day, I could probably figure out a way to eat for two or three dollars a day, right? I could probably figure out money there, but that's not fun. It's not sexy. I'd rather talk about going to Costa Rica with you. I know if my budget had TV in it, that's one of the first things I have to kill. There's enough free uh, choices out there, and I would just have to say, okay, I don't need cutting-edge TV. Um, I would look at all my deductibles, and I would raise them, because you can save a lot of money if you raise your deductibles on your insurance costs. It's really interesting about insurance, because I have insurance, and I try not to use it unless it's truly something I can't afford to lose. So if I have a refrigerator that leaks a little water on the floor, and it's just doesn't look great, but it's not awful. You can barely notice it, but I could make the claim and, you know, get a $5,000 new kitchen put in, new kitchen floor put in. I don't. I don't make a lot of claims on my insurance because I'm afraid it's going to raise my rates. If I was 55 and I had nothing, I would learn how to invest better. I'd be really, really smart, invest all my windfalls and all my raises straight into my retirement plan. If you have a retirement plan, I would start going, cut your kid off. Sorry, I'm not doing Christmas this year. I'm 55 and I have nothing and I have to save money. Um, If your kid lives with you and doesn't pay rent, have them start paying rent. Because you're running out of time while they still have plenty of it. It sucks when you start putting it in terms like this, right? Cancel Christmas? Did he just say cancel Christmas? Arctic cold blamed for the death of four people. It's so interesting. (laughs) Working in California. I remember you kind of get acclimated to the weather a lot easier on the East Coast, but in the West Coast, it's the only area that I've ever been in that it's cold in the morning, i.e. you have to heat the seats in your car. In the afternoon, you have to run air conditioning. It's bizarre. Uh, Whereas on the East Coast, it's just 30 degrees all day long. So you know you're going to be cold if you're outside. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about big seminar coming up tomorrow night, Thursday. I hope to see you there, 630 to 830. It's in Burlingame at the Doubletree. You can sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com and use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Um, Google's getting into banking, and Google's gotten in a lot of trouble in the past on how they share information. Because a lot of their products look like they're free, but they're big data machines. Which again, I get it. I'm I'm not, not I get free email. They are allowed to mine my data as much as they want. If I want to pay for my email, then I want some privacy. I know you're saying that's not how it works, Rob. <laughs> I get it. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, PayPal CEO is at a conference right now. And he's talking about, in his speech, keynote, he says, people may be predicting a recession, but we're not seeing it in the numbers. He says, in the U.S., consumer spend is still strong for the next year or so. We're pretty bullish about, in general, the economy. Um, with that being said, he has to like put like caveats, right? Like Brexit, U.S.-China trade war, 2020 election. It could break any one of a number of ways as far as consumer confidence and spending goes. But that's kind of nice to hear PayPal CEO come out and say that. That should give you a little bit. If Visa came out and said the same thing, like suddenly like, we're covered on this one, 
we got this. Fed Chairman Powell said he's not going to raise interest rates um, anytime soon. So he's starting to say he's unlikely to change for as long as growth continues. So if the data shows growth, he's not going to. And it's interesting because Donald Trump's out there right now saying, we've got the greatest economy in the world. We need to lower interest rates. That doesn't really quite jive, Donald. Doesn't really work that way. Um, now, you could say that he's trying to get ahead of a slowdown by stimulating, but you could also get, a, you could start creating inflation by doing that. And that's not necessarily what you want. Open enrollment for workplace benefits almost over. Those are important. Um, again, depends on how much you want to save with your health insurance. Average annual family premiums for employer sponsored health insurance rose 5% this year. So that's a big one. Do you want to go with a health savings account and kind of fund your own health care? Uh, you got to start thinking about future health care costs. There's a lot of benefits that are voluntary. Uh, elder care. Um, if your parents needed it, you may want to consider it. I'll start with a simple softball question like that. Student loan repayment, mental health assistance, pet insurance. There's a lot of benefits your companies will give you choices um, because they want you ultimately, they know that 70% of us own a pet and those fees on pet insurance are annoying, but not having it is even worse if you have an active dog, in my opinion. Silverberger Rising for Dean actually never mentioned on the show. Um, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, big seminar tomorrow night in Burlingame. Learn more at robblackshow.com.